0: Cricket is always worth celebrating, so Beer 52 are offering our listeners eight craft beers, sourced and curated from the best breweries on the planet for free. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com middle and just cover the $5.95 for the postage. Beer 52 is the world's most popular craft beer discovery club, with over 150,000 members that they send a brand new case to every month. Every case has a different theme. Past themes have included beer from New Zealand, South Africa, Korea, and all over the USA and Europe. If dark beer is not your thing, you can simply choose the light option, and your case will come with the award-winning beer magazine, Ferment, and a tasty snack. And if you do change your mind at any point, you can pause or cancel your account at any time. Just go to beer52.com middle to get your first case of eight beers for $5.95. That's the word beer, numbers 52.com slash middle. Cricket is back and in full swing. William Hill is the place to be for cricket punters this year with a suite of offers across all formats of the game, domestically and internationally. Check out all William Hill's in-play offers, along with all the latest odds and promotions, at williamhill.com or on the free app, 18+. plus. Please gamble responsibly.
2: Hello and welcome to Middle, please umpire. My name is Miles Jupp. I am joined, and I'm Mark Wood. Yes, I'm joined by very interruptive, uh, but nevertheless, ninety five mile an hour ashes winning fast bowler, Mark Wood. Are you all right, Mark? I'm Mark
1: Wood. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, just when we were talking before we came out, I just thought I would get a bit. I was just so excited to see you again.
2: Also, it's good to have a catchphrase, and for you, (gasps) for you in particular, I think that one really works. Do You know what I mean? Mm. If, if other people you Will you try it? I'm Mark Wood. No, I don't uh, yeah. Mm. I'm Johnny Bairstow. I'm um I'm James Vince. I'm not it doesn't really
1: I don't know why is it. I don't know why it doesn't work for me Oh, what a cover drive that man's got. I've been bowling, like watching him in the nets and watching the lads ball him what a cover drive he's got. Keep those hands. Some play, I still kind of believe he hasn't played more. Unbelievable.
2: Well, take it up with the management, not me Mark. I have so much less influence than you mentioned in these uh, in these matters. Are you probably. not the the new ECB top guy? Uh, no, but I would have... Is there, are they looking for one at the moment?
1: Probably. Well, apparently they've been listening to the podcast and they, and they think that your knowledge are right up there. Right.
2: I've, I've
1: had very... I have been inside the offices of the ECB. Have they got like... Sort of, is it like walking into a football dressing room where they've got like the stickers on the wall? and they move, like, for fields and stuff. They have, like, three slips and a gully, no. and they move them around.
2: Weirdly, actually, it's more like a Malmaison hotel, and even the, even the free soaps sort of suggestive. <laughs> it's very strange. And welcome to this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to this week's, whatever it is. I, do you know what? A, a friend of mine, I was speaking to him today. He'd sent me a text that I ignored, uh, and so he rang me with the same message, and that message was, The Dalai Lama... And, uh, yeah, he was going, I can't believe he didn't make more of the fact that Simon Taufel has the Dalai Lama's phone number.
1: I know, that was incredible, wasn't it?
2: Because it because it only comes out in the um, popular item Markwood Superover. Super Over, we didn't really have the chance to sort of dig down on it. So I don't know if he's ever had, I don't know if he's ever rung the number. My friend, mm. he said, I think I know why that is. It's because sometimes they play ODIs up at uh, Dharamsala, and that is where, um, of course, the Dalai Lama uh, has a corporate box, I think.
1: Of course. Do we do we just believe I mean, could we not have called bullshit and said, well, come on, get them on the phone now during the Super Rover. Well, why don't we Just ask, cut the Super over there and then. We should ask Nathan, the producer, to
2: um, to get back in touch with Simon and say, really, <laughs> really great to meet you, obviously. <laughs> can you send me the
1: till I ma- for photo- Miles and
2: Mark? Well, that's not very different from how we got Sam Mendes's email, was it? It's just you ring someone who oh. knows them. That's how it works. That's how we got...
1: I'm pretty sure we got Joe Root because you know him. That's how all of these podcasts work. So so basically if we ran the Dalai Lama, you'd be like, Hello, this is about something now I've got to go and I'm Mark Wood. I'm not sure. I might just hang the phone up straight away. And
2: you'd get to say to him, What so what was what was your first cricket back? The Dalai Lama? And he'd say Mike he, is coming for dinner. Mike Gatting's I would cook my gatting, whatever will bring him most peace and happiness. I think he would have a very good effect on us, the Dalai Lama. He's clearly had a good effect on Simon Southful he's really calmed him down and i think he could do the same <laughs> i think he could do the same thing with us possibly anyway it's worth trying if we go to a what series is this three three it's question question thank you uh he's nodding oh, radio can you get into radio mode mark because you can't the nods sorry
1: sorry Three, three, three
2: for three yes it's series three uh three so three so should we reach a series four we should probably i think is it unreasonable that to say now in advance that the first guest will probably be the Dalai Lama?
1: I don't think it's unreasonable. I think if if, if you look at the way that we've been going, so Sasan Mendes, I mean, that nearly knocked me off my chat. 7 Telfer last week was a great guest, by the way. He was very
2: interesting, wasn't he? I mean, I, I, I'd got my timings out, so I kind of imagine that you would have played more games or games with him in charge. But, of course, your arrival on the international scene as we discussed, prompted his immediate retirement.
1: Well, he, he, I think I wonder how he would have dealt with me, that's the thing, because he mentioned how he dealt with Jimmy and some other, other bullets, but I'm not sure how he would have dealt with me.
2: Yes, he told us how he dealt with angry people, didn't he? Especially when I
1: was falling over every ball.
2: Yeah, I imagine, well, probably in the old days, he would have probably just sort of kicked you further into the dust, but since he's become mates with the Dalai <laughs> Lama, he would, he's probably become slightly more <laughs> sort of empathetic, hasn't he? And he'd be more sympathetic <laughs> to your plight and think, who am I? Who am I to kick Mark Wood into the uh, into the uh, what do you call them? into the footmarks?
1: Um, now tell me um, tell me how you're feeling in yourself, Mark. Uh, good, but slightly frustrated. Obviously, I, I haven't played uh, yet during the World Cup. Um, I felt pretty good going into the warm up games, but obviously, um, I hurt myself in the New Zealand game, and then just been a bit frustrated. From them, but as a team, we've been literally amazing. We've looked on it straight away, it's been great to watch. Um, we've had decent support here as well. Actually, there's been a few sort of English fans in as well, so um, it's been red hot. I mean, just butler last game, just butler, just butler, sorry, as you call him, just butler, just butler, yeah, he was phenomenal. I mean, in, in the net, when you watch him practice, so this is the game against um Sri Lanka, he's just, yeah, he's just getting 100. Um, he, he doesn't actually slog it that much in the nets, like he gets colleague to just throw him some and he'll hit maybe 20 to 30 balls, just almost just standing up on the ball as if he's sort of um, practicing test matches, just cross-seam, white ball, and he just tries to hit everything as straight as he can. And then sort of later on, he'll do some range hitting or he'll he'll do some other stuff. But the strange thing I've noticed about Joss, which not many of the other batsmen do, is when he's facing the bowlers, he doesn't like, like them to just keep bowling on a sort of battery type of like, the bowler walks back his mark ball, the next bowler walks back is my ball. He likes to have a bit of time as if it's just almost a game. And I wonder if that sort of method works for him to get him ready for the match where he like you can hit it and then you have like your thought process to go through what you're gonna do, where you're targeting, what the bowler might do. And he likes to hear the bowlers fields as well. So I wonder if that sort of process is, you know, if he's right on top of it at the minute and he's training well. So
2: So what he does that the other people in the team don't do,
1: you're saying, is uh, is to genuinely prepare properly, <laughs> it's it's actually quite frightening in the nets because you're like you're bowling like the the three lanes or whatever it is, and the ball obviously well was on, on one side, and the lads are crunching them. So you're running in, <laughs> looking at the net on your right or your left as you're running in, thinking, "Oh, please don't get in the way." Yeah, like JS hit two at Dubai the other night. It went on the roof on the um like the it looked like a, almost like a school or some sort of building, and he's whacked them out the nets on the, on top of the roof. I was thinking, wow, um, yeah. We'll be doing, of course, the Collie episode. Mentioned the twenty ones; they've been going really well with the team as well. I watched a video of
2: them. I watched a video on it. Must have been on a social media feed.
1: Did we give it like the right sort of notion? Like, did he? Did he? When you're watching it, was it like how he described? Or I
2: couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't actually follow what was happening. It was. It was a sort of bit kind of Christopher Nolan but i because you told me what happened i sort of knew the, the sort of vaguely what was going on what's the, what's the way back in though everyone everyone looked like they were putting the effort in though and that's really that's that as a father that's all i ask of you boys um, what what is the way back into the team for you is it are you waiting to get better of course by now people will know how this story ends by the time this goes out but are you waiting to get better are you waiting for a, one of your colleagues to walk into sort of piano wire or, or, or whatever
1: <laughs> no i think it's one, I've got to be fit and ready to go, so I've got to be, you know, it's no good being 60 70 80% fit. I have to be, you know, bowling above 90 mile an hour. It's not county cricket, is it, Mark? Yeah, I've got to be bowling 90 mile an hour. The intensity's got to be there.
2: 94, 95.
1: Exactly. Got to be accurate as well. It's no good just bowling fast, but spraying all over. So I've got to feel where I'm in the, in the battle, not actually thinking about running in and thinking, is my ankle going to hurt or is it not quite right? So firstly, it's get to that sort of place where I'm available for selection, if, um, I mean, this is probably a, a two, two to three week injury that I've got. I've inflamed the capsule of my ankle joint. Right. I didn't,
2: I didn't even know we had those. Or is that, only,
1: is that something only you've got? No, we, we all have them. It's, the, it's been described to me as the skin around the sausage meat. If you want to uh, I, uh, pi- I <laughs> can picture think it. About.
2: Are you hungry? <laughs> that I can understand. Yeah. Particularly for, should I tell you something? When I was at university, we, um, I, worked, so I did a theology degree. And there was a, a module, which I suppose could rhyme with a capsule in a poem. There was a module and we went into hospitals, and hung out with the chaplaincy team and they said, oh, you should, you know, it's useful to know what people are going through. Come and watch an operation. So we went to the sort of viewing gallery in an operating theatre and watched someone being operated on.
1: I'd pass out 100%.
2: Really? Well, I'm going to watch you while I tell the story then. Basically, there was someone there. They're sort of covered in I don't know, iodine or whatever. An enormous cut is made. Basically, all of their internal organs were removed and put on a kind of – a bit like those trays for watching te- – oh, my God, he's gone. He's gone. How much am I putting back? <laughs> Mark Wood looks genuinely sick. This is worse than you were bowling in – where were you? Go, someone go and get Sorry. Owen Morgan's hat. Mark Wood is about Sorry. to be sick. I'll just, just pick my chair um, but okay, so so anyway, and then and then to actually make the wound, they use this sort of thing that just sort of vibrates and creates heat rather than a knife. Anyway, so it's very as it's opening the flesh, it's very slightly cooking it. Although we were behind glass, lots of people are going, "Oh, look at that! That's extraordinary! What's that? Is that a spleen? Is that a liver?" I just thought that really smells a lot like sausages (laughs) that that was the first thing that struck me so actually you describing your injury, it's it's gone full circle it's taken me back to uh, being in a sort of viewing gallery in the royal infirmary in edinburgh which is flats now like everything
1: yeah that's it miles keep it
2: light (laughs) (laughs) so
1: what we're going to do about sedan mark (laughs) no no i've basically had i've inflamed that joint where the capsule is i've had it injected and it's something that should take you know, two a couple of weeks, two or three weeks. And I'm trying to get back within a week to two weeks. I'm, tr- I'm scrambling a little bit, trying to get it right for obviously the World Cup. I think my way back in the team is trying to firstly be fit, but if I'm performing really well, there's no easy way back in the team. So it'll be whether condition suits so the captain wants you know thinks that my style of bowling might be good for that wicket, or you know there's a particular.
2: Well, at the moment you could be getting you could be getting twelve overs of spin, couldn't you? Yeah, exactly. And... People bowl their full thing, and and if that's you know. You're a team person. You know what's best for the team. Exactly. But also, I know this is something you normally say to people whose company you tire of and they say they've got to nip out for something, but don't hurry back. I mean, you've got, it's a long winter. There's all that going on. I mean,
1: I know, but you're still, you're still desperate to be part of a World Cup, aren't you? And and win the World Cup. You want to contribute. So, you know, I'm trying my best to be part of the team at the minute. We're doing really well. It's, you know, it's, we're ultimately all trying to get the all 15, 18 of us here are all trying to get to that, you know, two World Cups. So I'm
2: not I'm not accusing you of being lazy, Mark. I'm just saying, you know, you've got as you say, you've got to be you've got to
1: be hundred percent. What what have you been up to, Miles? Tell me what you've been up to.
2: Um I have um, I've had an injection in my ankle um <laughs> uh which smelled of no I had um <laughs> I uh I've been working. I know that sounds unlikely but I've been yes I've been going up to Glasgow to do, I do a show called Frankie Boyle's New World Order uh, with my friend Frankie Boyle. So I've be getting
1: up doing that. Is he a left-arm wrist spinner? Lots of googlies, maybe the, odds, the one that skids that's on?
2: That's right. He, he, he is. He is. And I think it is, that's because actually he comes off quite a long run-up. I mean, there are those people that, you know, sort of Shane Warne, obviously wrist, wrist spinner as well, as like, like Frankie. You know, we're just coming off a few and then send it down. But he's actually got a surprisingly long run-up, which in a way, it gives you slightly more time to think than you want to. And then, so it's given you a bit more time to think than you would like to normally in terms of instincts, and then it really does hurry on to you. But he, Has Tiny so, um,
1: Boyle got a conventional action, or is it more Paul Adams-esque?
2: No, it's, it's, very, it's very conventional. It's very, very, very high. It's very straight. Uh, and, you know, he likes to always make sure, like, his um, the bicep just brushes the top of his ear, and it's just <laughs> high as possible, and long spells he likes, and he will set his own field. The captain <laughs> the captain sometimes goes down to find. So have, you, have
1: you been enjoying this show anyway i've,
2: I've been absolutely loving it Some very very funny people have been on i mean i sit there and uh and laugh i mean i contribute i speak as well but i also and in... have you told them about middle please on no but i could um wow oh, hey hey just right one calm down two i've got several more episodes and it's about just approaching but have you run Laurie yet <laughs> no no, well, there you go. Here's you haranguing me uh, about Frankie. Um, no, but I will ask him, uh, particularly on the basis that he knows absolutely nothing about cricket. Maybe I think, as ever with Frankie, it's a it's an if, if the Dalai Lama says no, uh, then <laughs>
1: <laughs> tell you what. Josh has done to his gloves. This is, this is an exclusive because he. I was telling him when he when he went out about against Sri Lanka. I was saying to him. I hope you wore them gloves when you got your hundred. He's wrote on each one of his gloves. Normally, batsmen, you know, it'll be. He's written left and right. <laughs> Normally, it'd be like one, two, three, four, whatever pairs of gloves. Sometimes A, B, C, D, obviously. Joss has decided to go with De Bruyne, Ramos, Shearer. Um, who else has he got on? But he's, he's picked all, I think, his favourite football. Ch- Chucky McClaire? <laughs> not, not, not Chucky McClaire or Brian McClaire. No, Dixie D. Having quite one. <laughs> no. Give it to Dixie. But, uh, <laughs> but uh yeah, Mac- so, Hallie McCoyst. So I was, when we we're running out the pair of gloves, um, I was desperate for the like hundred in the Shearer's just maybe to to give it the Sheeras celebration, but um yeah, well, I'm I'm not sure which one's exact.
2: Well, i'm um, that's I'm I'm glad you interrupted my uh my musings on various panel shows I've been doing to, to, to bring us out. I yeah, because um they, I suddenly thought the other day I was sitting down in one and they're all this. You get there, you travel all the way there, and you sit in an armchair, and you think, what's this one about? And someone comes in and goes, "Uh, do you want to know a briefing for the show? Do you remember how it all works? Yes, yes, I've been on it several times before. And then this thing starts, you think, I hope there's a bit where they explain the rules of each round as it happens, because I've not... (laughs) Do do you have to go into it straight away? Well, the thing is, you can't say, sorry, can you explain how this works before it starts, because people have repeatedly tried to explain how it works, and I've repeatedly said, yes, yes, yes. A bit like you going out to... To face the, the last, last the dying moments of the World Cup final game. Yes, don't worry, I know what to do. And
1: then thinking, oh, what am I meant to do again? Well, I've been, I've been on um, question of sport a few times, and I find like when when you sit down in the chat, so obviously you get introduced on. You all sit together, but when you when you're sat in the seat, they're like, right, first question, picture board, and you're like, oh my god, like this is starting straight away, like yeah.
2: No, they do. They do. They sort of crack on with it. Yeah, and it's almost
1: like yeah, put off. also because they've got
2: the warm-up man, haven't they? The hype man. He's got the audience to the point where they're ready for it to start. So when it starts, it's simply got to start. I would. I know we've talked about how disastrous it was when I, when I went on Celebrity Mastermind, but that that thing when it, it's really happening—that oh, it is this chair. It is that music. It is that spotlight. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Oh. It's an absolutely sick-making feeling.
1: No wonder I often think I have so many anxiety dreams. Do you not think that you start thinking about that you're thinking, rather than just... Because you're like, oh, my God, we're straight in. Like, oh, oh I've got to switch on here. Rather than, like... Yeah, you think I'm actually, with start
2: with. I'm actually here. I'm actually here. Do you think that? Do you get to the top of your mark you thinking, I'm in a, <laughs> I'm in a test match. All right, look at this. It looks... Oh, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't Lord's look just like it does on the television? This is unbelievable.
1: Um, yeah. I start getting anxiety. Oh, doesn't the batsman look really far away? Or oh, no? Yeah, I have seen that guy. I've seen that guy. I've seen that guy on telly. It's um. Oh no, I'm not wearing my box. Oh no, I've. To... Oh no, that's a dream. Sorry, sorry. I've got a dream I'm like, just, I'm like they're making me do PE
2: in my pants again. Um, I <laughs> uh, this morning I was watching South Africa versus Bangladesh, and I had to turn it off in the end because someone in the crowd or a road outside had some sort of honking device and just get this noise just all the time. So Bangladesh were collapsing, probably because of the noise. And I just had to turn it off in the end. It made me, do you know what it made? And I don't say this often. It made me sort of nostalgic for the days of the Bouvezela. I thought, oh, I quite like that noise. That was was sort of all right. This was just, it was like someone had really annoyed an HGV driver, something that we've now specialised in Britain. He just was continually hammering on the thing. Uh, so it was a really... So I don't know how that game uh, ended. Sure,
1: are you sure it was that? Or was it, was it not Michael Atherton's commentary? <laughs> oh, 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 that is sick. <laughs> that is sick that I, thought, is sick I thought that would get you going. I thought that would that, get you going. What an appalling
2: remark. By the way, I love Atherton's people, so that's a joke. Yeah, yeah. It was... Um, no, it turned out, as I... I um I rang Sky, and it turned. You're really upset. You're really
1: upset.
2: I just don't know why you would do this to someone that you consider a friend. It just seems, it just seems odd.
1: Anyway, no. Should we well, gonna... cheer you up? Should we get into the mailbag? Cheer you up.
2: Let's get right into the mailbag. No, actually, I tell you why I was annoyed because you um, stole the thunder from my Mark Nicholas joke because uh, he, gen- <laughs> he, uh, he was genuinely he was he was genuinely commentating. Shall I tell you a quick story um, before we delve into the mailbag? <laughs> My my father is uh, is a clergyman, and as a consequently, in the same way that you know lots of cricketers, he knows lots of other ministers and, and vicars and things. And uh, some of them is of course they're very you know as you'd expect, sort of um, gentle people, you know, very nice and pleasant and charming. And uh, he had he had one who was, he was in a car with his wife, his friend, and um, the car had a habit of slipping out of gear. And they were at some traffic lights, and then when the lights went green, she, put it, she just couldn't get it into first, and it kept going. And just, kind of thing, and the lights went back to red. And they're like, okay, next time. You, I can't, just can't get it into first, and the lights went back again. And so four or five times she was trying to do it, and then it just wouldn't, it just wouldn't go. She couldn't get it into gear. And he was saying, it's all right, it will happen eventually. But behind them was a lorry, and eventually the, the driver behind him he just laid his his hand on the horn and just held it down, just presumably to intimidate but for ages and she was going i can't do the night and he just they sat there trying to get the gear going for like two minutes he's just holding the horn down eventually he says don't worry i'll go and speak to the lorry driver uh and so he goes and he knocks on the window and he winds it down he goes um my wife's having real trouble with the gear stick um but i tell you what if you came and helped us try and get the car into gear um i could i could hold my hand on the horn for you if you'd like <laughs> <laughs> and i think that's very gentle that's proper passive passive aggressive uh, what do you call it po- uh, passive aggression but delivered delivered by a man wearing a dog collar is probably one of the <laughs> most kind of mind altering things that can amen amen very good <laughs> very good mark uh, patre domine nostri various things that they say truth and love will always win uh, let's have a look in the mailbag
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey Mr. Postman, sorry, I thought we were introduced in a different way, sorry. No, I think that's really, no, let's do that, Do
2: please, please sing. Minimum of four verses. <laughs> <laughs> you look, put me on the spot. Oh, do I, Well, it's about, you know, I'm trying to get you in that sort of T20 mind frame. You can plan, you can plan all you like, but sometimes you've just got to, yeah. just got to change, you know what I mean? I'm hearing it, I'm hearing it. That's right. Quickly do an impression instead of Black. Oh, too slow. Mark, you've got to be ready. That could happen in any game. Hey,
3: I like me. to number one. <coughs>
2: <laughs> that's right. That's the syllabac who now manages Rangers. Um, OK, here we go. <laughs> Worst matches, this is on the subject of. Uh, this is from uh, Alex Not I'm Mark and Miles. Uh, and the team behind the scenes. Not mentioned enough, I think. Uh, so well, well played. Alex, um, you may recall I am the man with the... <laughs> I do recall you. You may recall I am the man with the lucky Pepsi bottle with a sock in it from season one. Uh, since you know out my story, I have managed to score career-best stats with the bat, currently averaging 47. To keep this lucky charm wow. going, very good. That is very good. To keep this lucky charm going, next season, I would like to tell you of my worst ever away game. Uh, my team were playing a side called GEMS, Gateshead ethnic minorities, with what can only be described as four actual cricketers, along with some mates of mine who turned up for a laugh. Turns out bowling 40 overs to a ruthless team who hit everything over the fence for six is not much fun. We spent more time looking for their ball than we did batting as they hit it repeatedly into the forest by Cow Corner. This was made worse when they ran five on numerous occasions by <laughs> hitting it between the legs of my brother, who's a big fellow, who was feeling it slip, making him waddle continuously after the ball is forever ingrained in my friends' minds. It all culminated in my worst ever bowling figures, and if you <laughs> <laughs> You'll be impressed by this, one. It all comes when in my worst ever bowling figures. For your amusement, we lost by 419 runs in a 40-over <laughs> match. Wow. Damn it off, My friend Johnny, who had never played a match before, broke his phone as he didn't take it out of his pocket before batting, only to be hit <laughs> high above the pads where the phone was residing. Better say, I have never managed to get my friends to play a game again. Uh, we're going to put this... There. Oh, there it is. put the scorecard there. MCC, 456, 4 off 40. in they, they, fairness, then they won the toss. It sounds like about bad first pitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> monk's Eaton CC, 37 all out. <laughs> 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 they managed to bat for 14.3 overs, though, so that's good. Um, excellent. Thanks very much. Very nice to hear from you again. I've never forgotten the phrase. <laughs> to this day, I have no idea how the sock ended up. <laughs> Well, he's turned into roll the He averages 47. He's good. He's, he is the wall. He is the, uh, the, monk, the monk's eaten wall. More painful injuries now. Uh, Paul Proctor, I listened to episode two today, and like always, I laughed whilst I should have been working. Uh, the chorus, thank you, Paul. It uh, interesting to know what you do for a job, of course, um, so that we can, we can envisage this laughter in context. You know, the rest of the surgeons go, all right, mate, keep it down, perhaps. Um, <laughs> the correspondence regarding the guy whose testicle was wedged under his box brought back memories for me as well. I was once in an indoor net and never used to wear a box when batting on the basis the bowlers couldn't go full pelt with such a limited run up. Unfortunately, I managed to miss this one delivery, which caught me straight in the right <laughs> caught me straight in the right nut. <laughs> I went down, <there, laughs> I went down like a sack of spuds. To this day, it feels bruised and sensitive. This happened about ten years ago. I would, oh. <laughs> I, I would see someone. I really, I really would. There may, there may be a way out of this, um, this nightmare this uh, this this testicular labyrinth of pain in which you find yourself uh, <laughs> oh here's on the subject of uh, 12th man signals because we were discussing things like for instance how to signal to your teammates that you'd like a Mintero bought out and so forth oh and in fact here it is um, this is from Graham Robson uh, I play in a team with my brother-in-law Will Ramsey at Burn CC near York perhaps inspired by Miles' Mintero request he always makes a point of eating an entire packet of jelly snacks throughout the game I think Will doing the worm would make a fantastic <laughs> I think that is. I think that is quite appropriate. That'd be an excellent idea. Um, from Ch- This is from uh, this is from a young man called uh, Charles Dagnall. Hello, boys. As uh, I've uh, I've played with Charles Dagnall, he did. He was very in that TMS T20 game. He was the one that kept kept going, getting balls, and saying, "Miles, you've got to run for one of them." At <laughs> 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 one point, you've got to run for one. He's a great
1: lad. He's, he's really nice. Good and you know, what, he's a fantastic pre- presenter
2: as well. Yeah, it's good. Very good. Very good man. Um, Hello, boys, he starts in uh, traditional Eva Herzogova fashion. Um, As a young young pro on the Warwickshire staff, I was asked to do 12th man duties for England in the Saturday of the West Indies Test match at Edgebusters. Alert and eager to help, but desperately hoping that they didn't require me to feel as it would have been shambolic. Alex Stewart started waving towards me. I responded with a wave to show I was ready to spring into action. He moved his hand across his face and then cut his hand over his nose. I was vexed. I knew all the other possible signals, but this had me dumbfounded. This went on for two or three deliveries, and the wagon got more animated. Now the slips were starting to join in, clapping their hands over their noses and wafting their hands over their face. I was panicking. Could what Alec desperately needed, and I couldn't find, have an adverse bearing on this test match? The signals were now coming in rapid fire, and I couldn't hear the shouting at me due to the crowd. At the end of the over, I had to run on to see what piece of equipment he needed. We met. He looked up at me and could see I was in a bit of distress due to my lack of understanding. Calmly, he said, I want you to go back to the dressing room. In the inside pocket of my England blazer, there's a handkerchief. Could you bring it to me, please? That's <laughs> <laughs> the from the 1920s. <laughs> uh, oh, of course. How on earth could I not have known that? Never once have I ever seen a cricketer ask for a handkerchief. <laughs> I, uh, I now had to locate his spot. It didn't take long, as among the bombsite of the changing area was a shrine of perfect order. All neat, trousers folded, blazer hung, shoes shined and tucked together under the bench. Inside the blazer pocket, a brilliant white and pressed cloth. Feeling pleased that I'd secured the item that somehow could assist England and they would have me to thank, I sprinkled it back out onto the field and handed it to Alec. Thank you, young man, he said with a smile. He removed his gloves and proceeded to blow his nose. England <laughs> lost by in innings in
1: 93. <laughs> 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 As an aside, any
2: other sportsman would have ejected the contents of the nostril a different way, but not Alec. That's thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Charles. That yes, is fantastic.
1: Totally. Absolutely. Fantastic. Maybe, maybe, it's a, maybe it wasn't a handkerchief. Maybe it was a white flag. Oh, right. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> what year would that have been then? Losing by an innings in ninety-three to the West. I'm oh, not sure the brain functions in the way it used to. When ninety? No, not was he even playing like ninety-five? That was the West Indies series. Miles, that was five years old. Oh, yeah, of course you are. Yeah, yeah. God, that's a terrifying thought, isn't it? That makes me feel older than my balding head. Right. Um, <laughs> we always happy to receive uh, letters in the mailbag on uh, other subjects, such as 12th man requests, uh, uh, the best and worst games you've played in, of course, cricketers that you've uh, encountered at petrol stations, uh, possibly during the recent crisis. Uh, Painful injuries. Uh, old ones, of course, were nicknames and uh, lucky charms. And um, Crick, cricketing teas, Miles cricketing teas, cricketing teas, cricketing teas. Uh, both the meal and just as a way of kind of just sort of injecting a little bit of sass into proceedings. Um, oh, he's a bit of a cricketing teas, that one. Uh, and uh, any another category based on any of our chat today, Mark? What about asking about
1: an umpire? We're called the middle place umpire. Has, has anyone met Scylla Black? Sorry, <laughs> sorry. sorry <laughs> <laughs> sorry say, <laughs> say, what, what were you saying before I really interrupt? Um, if people could send in their best umpiring stories or anything we're just having Simon helpful on I think it would be a good place to, to go if anyone's got any stories I mean we've got a few topics already just add the umpiring one in would be, would be a nice change I think
2: I would add to that also any other connections you know of umpires test umpires has to be test umpires and um, leaders of world faiths <laughs> Hi, it's David Gower here. Uh, yes, it's me. Look, it's it's slightly embarrassing, but look, Mark and Miles—they've they've forgotten the email address again. So, look, if you've got any cricketing tales, stories, whatever it might be, you want to send to them, please email them at middleplease at hotmail um, And if that's too much, well, try Twitter or Instagram. Well, Woody, we should talk about the, the guests that we have uh, coming up on this episode of Middle Please um, uh, after the uh, upcoming break. Perhaps you'd like to tell us a little bit about them?
1: Um, well, I will give you... Why don't I give you a clue? Yeah, just one. Yep. Um, oh, did she use to present Blind Date? <laughs> no. no, but I like your thinking. Surprise, surprise. I've backed
2: myself into a corner here. No, uh, let's have a clue. <laughs>
1: um, think um, a, um, religious um, a religious necklace. A religious Star of David? <laughs> no, of course, it is... Oh, cross, Kate Cross. K-Cross. Correct, correct.
2: K-Cross. I'd just like to take a moment to thank our founding sponsors, Cricketer's Gin. Cricketer's Gin is the perfect podcast partner, as this corker of a gin began its innings at the local village cricket club in Pinckney's Green, Berkshire. Over a g and the founders decided that this quintessential British game, along with the wild botanicals growing in abundance, deserved a bespoke gin of its own. Cricketers features milk thistle, wild marjoram, and blackberries, amongst other botanicals, delivering a smooth juniper-forward gin. If pink is your preference, they also have a delicious raspberry-distilled pink gin. Please take a look at their website, cricketersgin.com, where you'll find a range of gin hampers too. Apply the code CRICKET and you'll receive a discount off your purchases. Cricketers, a small batch gin and a family-owned
0: business. William Hill's safer gambling tools help you stay in control. You can set deposit limits, session reminders, and take timeouts whenever you need them. 18 Plus, please gamble responsibly. William Hill, it's who you play with.
1: Right, this week we have our no other than Kate Cross. Welcome, Crossy. Woody, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, weren't you in a very important game last night?
3: Yeah, I was. I've actually seen two very important games this week. Uh, went to the Pakistan-India game last night and then saw you boys play on Saturday night at the Dubai International Stadium, which is pretty cool.
1: So what was the better game?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: what for? Was it for atmosphere or for result? Oh, uh, well, we'll start with result because you've got to give the right answer. Yeah, surely.
3: Yeah, in terms of result, obviously, I'm giving it to you boys because you absolutely blew West Indies out of the water. Um, but in terms of atmosphere, honestly, I've never experienced anything like the India Pakistan game last night. It was mega. If you weren't quite paying attention and you were, say, talking to someone and then there was a massive cheer, you turn around thinking there's going to be a wicket or someone scored 100, and literally they've run a well run two. Like it was mental. <laughs> and it just we got there for the warm up as well. And Virat walked out and you would think that the Queen had turned up. It was it, like the noise. <laughs> I've never heard anything like it. And there was only probably half a full stadium at that stage as well. So it's just it blew my mind how people rely so much and are so emotional towards cricket. Because I think when you mm. play the game, you kind of you know, you ride the wave, don't you? And you, you you are involved, but I think you learn how to not get too high and not get too low. But these fans like it was just everything was riding on this result. It was crazy. How early
2: into the game did you call it? I mean, did you think very early on this is Pakistan's night? She was too busy
1: trying the Mexican wave miles five, four, three. <laughs> yeah. She was up at the, at the back <laughs> yeah.
3: there. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. It actually didn't catch on the Mexican wave. I need to do some work on that. Um, but no, at halftime, I was with Ke- I was with Keaton as well. We thought one fifty was a decent score, especially having seen the game the night before, where fifty five was not a good score. Keaton Jennings, yeah. Friend of this podcast, I'm guessing.
1: Keaton Keaton Jennings. (laughs) Yeah, a beautiful (laughs) driver, Keaton Jennings, yeah. Oh, Keaton, what a man.
3: Got into the second innings, and honestly, I did not know how the Indian bowlers were going to take wickets because there was just no way that Baba and Rizwan were getting out last night. It was mad.
2: It did look... I mean, that scoreline was amazing. Also, I suppose, the sort of historical... And, you know for them to uh, to do it in that way I mean it's the sort of emphatic nature of both those games I mean hey, Woody are you sort of wobbling around or are you are you reasonable I mean were you well enough to bring the drinks on uh, no I wasn't actually I was told to stay put Ah, that is a shame because that is something you've always done <laughs> it's for the drinks
3: uh, no, not, I, hadn't, I hadn't finished
2: I hadn't finished the sentence haven't like, it's something you've always done beautifully well with a smile on your face and you don't look like someone walking out there and shouting the batsman I should be playing by the way not you or whatever you know you look there and you're jolly and it looks like you know someone's getting a water bottle brought out and they think oh that's good it's woody this will cheer me up or whatever
1: but you weren't even you, know, you weren't allowed to do the water I didn't need to do anything I was just I mean I, I was Probably as much use as Crossy tried to start the Mexican wave. We just wasn't getting good. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going to have to just stick at it and hopefully it catches on.
3: Hopefully it does catch on. I reckon actually Sam Billings did the most work of all the fielders that night, running on with the drinks every three balls. It felt like.
1: Well, I was I was back in the in the hutch having to, to fill them up. My my role was the filler, and uh, I reckon I did I did quite a bit. Like just because we, we we're getting wickets that much,
3: it's an important role. It is
1: exactly hydration. Sweaty conditions, I'd like to say that I've played just as major part as everyone else. Um, you know what I mean? It's a team game. Yeah, absolutely is. But also we should talk, Kate, really about the year that you've just had. I mean, is it
2: fair to say this is your probably best best year ever as a professional cricketer? I know, that like obviously when you break into the team or whatever, but really across all formats and in, indeed competitions, this has, you have had an amazing year, haven't you?
3: Yeah, it has. It's been incredible. and. I've joked with like my mates and I said, it feels like my breakout year and I've just turned 30, which is probably not how you're supposed to do it. I think you're going to do that when you're a bit younger, but um, yeah, it's been, I've had a bit of a tough journey with international cricket to be on, to be honest. Um, like Woody, you'll know it just it just never goes the way that you think it's going to go when you are a kid and you like map out this journey of how you're going to play cricket for your country. And um, it's just not that easy. So Yeah, this year has been, I guess, a bit more pleasing in that respect because I've had such a tough journey with it. Um, But my my biggest goal that I set myself this summer was just to enjoy it. I knew there were so many things that were going to happen that would be historical, like with the 100. We had the opening game as the Manchester Originals at the Oval. And I just wanted to enjoy and take in every occasion that I had. Um, And I feel like doing that almost took the pressure off myself to perform and it kind of happened anyway. So. Yeah, it was one of those summers that you're kind of you're waiting for it to come crashing down. You you know, <laughs> the form, form doesn't last forever. So I'm just kind of waiting for it to all come crashing down.
1: Well you sort of can up down, don't you, in your career? Like you think that it's just gonna be a general upward curve and then you get to the point where you're smashing it or whatever. But actually you can up a little bit, you you come down a couple, up, down, up, down. It's a bit like that. So um for not what I mean, my question would be about the hundred that you mentioned would be I didn't get a chance to play in it. What how actually good was it? Was it because it's it's a totally different
3: 2020? Yeah, but I don't know how. Like, I think it was different because of the occasion. And I'm speaking from a female cricketer's point of view as well. So this might be different if you spoke to one of the guys because you play in front of bigger crowds more often than we do. But that first night at the Oval, it was like we turned up to a cricket concert. And I don't know how else I can describe it. Obviously, um, Becky Hill was there playing some tunes the like the crowd was in it was so noisy I've never ever experienced anything like that in my life um Hartley was bowling and we had reviews for the first time as well in domestic women's cricket which is scary um Hartley hits one on the pad and I'm I'm only extra cover I'm Al do you want to review that and she's like what I was like do you want to review it like seeing the timer going down on the scoreboard it's like at seven six five and she's like I can't hear you mate I was, I was like, "Oh, never, <laughs> mind. Was, never mind we don't need it um but yeah honestly it was it was Really, really, really good. I can't, I can't speak highly enough about it. And we had to do a bit of a review about what was good, what was bad. And the only bad thing that I could come up with was, as captain, I had to go and stand on a stage to do the toss. And I got mm. 10 minutes less warming up. And that's literally the only bad thing that I can say about it.
1: I thought you just had the best kit. Like,
3: What, what, was, the, what was your um, sponsor? Uh, we were McCoy's.
1: Strong crisp as well. What, what would London
2: Spirit have been? Uh, what what uh, crisp would you have been predicted not? They were t- uh, Tyrell's? Tyrrells. Uh, marvellous marvellous crisps marvellous crisps um, yeah. i'm glad what you said about just thinking i've got to enjoy it because i, and I have been banging on about this Mark before something I, i've got th- this summer i've watched loads of the women's game this summer and it's just the sort of joy that seems to be out there on the pitch i find so infectious and you all look unless it's just theatre and you're like let's Oh, a nightmare. Let's just put smiles on, plaster smiles on our faces <laughs> for the whole thing, and then and then it'll be all right. You just look, all of you as a team, so happy and seem to enjoy each other's success. And I I really love that. I find it really really inspiring to watch. And I, I please please tell me it's real, or or, or carry on the charade.
3: <laughs> you know what? We get a lot of feedback like that, saying that we always just look like we're enjoying it. And actually, we I remember we saw it might have been an Ashes promo that you boys did for 2015 maybe it was all, it was the rise oh, no. no it was the rise that you know with all the flames and everyone just looked i think
1: you're gonna say you were all miserable
3: <laughs> yeah you were you're were all stern and really like game oh, no! and they wanted to create that with us and we all stood there in front of this camera and we we're like you know what this isn't women's cricket we're not that's not kind of the atmosphere that we have when we play we have probably a bit of a generational thing because we've come up like through our age groups, we've had to enjoy cricket because it's mostly been our hobby. It's never been a career option for a lot of us as kids. So I think there's probably an element of that in it as well. Um, But I I don't know. I just said to the girls in that night at the 100, uh, that night at the Oval, when we were making history, we knew people were going to watch us maybe out of curiosity, maybe out of actually wanting to watch the 100 because people just didn't know what was going to happen. But I just said we are literally history makers tonight. Regardless of the result, we will go down in history. So take that in. And there was a lot of girls who'd never played on Sky, never played in front of more than probably 45 people at Chester Boughton Hall. So sometimes I think with the women's game, you've got to kind of weigh up the relevance of what's important. Obviously, results are always important. Don't get me wrong, I love winning more than anyone. But, you know, there's just, that just felt more of like an occasion than mm. a game of cricket.
2: Yeah, I was a sort of... Um hundred sceptic I suppose and then I've got to the end of this summer and one of the things that it's done for me I now know all of the England women's cricket team as well as I feel I know the men's cricket team not as well as I know Woody obviously but as (laughs) you know because that's I mean that's that goes beyond most acceptable keep fighting the fight brother (laughs) 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 to me all of the women's team, not just the England team now, loads of domestic players are easily as recognisable to me as the men's team. And of course, that's not, that's never been the case before. And that is something that will continue to grow. And that- Do you get recognised a lot, Crossy? Uh,
3: weirdly. I actually got recognised last night at the game. Someone said that they listened to my podcast and I was like, wow. Love that. that. Like, that's, that was Bigger for me than even like they know that I open the bowling for the Manchester. Really, that made it. Which I was like, come on, let's have a selfie. Come on, let's let's (laughs) recognise this moment. (laughs) But I think that's what was so important about the hundred for the women was the visibility aspect of it. You know, being on the BBC, being religiously on Sky every day at three pm, it just gave people the chance to know that we play cricket, we work hard at it, and we, you know, we're all right at it. I think
2: that's needlessly modest. Um, Can you tell us a bit about your way into the game then? I mean, from where you are now, a, a colossus bestriding so many formats and, uh, and media platforms, Kate. Uh, in, in terms of your way, your way into the game, then, you're from a very sporty family. I yeah,
3: suppose. I am. And there's a reason I didn't take up football. I'm literally the worst with my feet. So you guys play football so much as well in warm-ups and we do. And everyone thinks I should be all right because my dad played football, but I'm so, so bad. So I was always going to play a sport that involved my hands rather than my feet. Um, But I was always influenced by the guys in my family. So it was my uncle, my dad, my brother, all, well, my brother forced me to bowl at him in the back garden because I'm the youngest of three. So I was literally, you know, told what to do all the time. Never got to bat, always bowled. So that's why I'm a bowler. My brother's an opening bat and my sister's a wicketkeeper. So like, that's how it all worked in the back garden. Um, But yeah, I was just, I was just a young kid like anyone who, who fell in love with the sport really early. And I think there's something about cricket that it kind of, it sucks you in. There's a community where you go down to your local cricket club, there's a community there who look after you, take you in. You know, I've got a million aunties and a million uncles who looked after me at weekends so that my mum and dad could have a bev at the cricket watching my brother play. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, I think I always felt really safe down at my cricket club, which was a massive part of cricket for me growing up because I was the only girl at my club. Um, and I think that safety also was involved with the lads that I grew up playing with because they always said, You're just a, you know, you're just another player in the team. You're not a girl, you're not Kate, you know, you get stuck in. So I think that was a really important part of my journey because I never felt like an outcast.
1: Love that. That's another thing that gets stuck in. I love that.
3: Yeah. Prove people wrong as well.
1: How
2: how unique do you think that is? Have you spoken to other People you play with now that had a very different experience. I mean, that sounds that sounds great, but is is that universally how it is? Do you suppose?
3: I reckon for my generation of players, and maybe a few few years younger, that's everyone's story. You were the only girl. You wanted to prove a lot of people wrong. You got stick when you turned up to play because you were a girl, and everyone thought that you, the team must have been short or something. And then you'd run through them and take wickets. And you know, if I was old enough. I'd be sticking middle fingers up to everyone. But <laughs> um, I think I think now what our hope is, is that it's people's mums or sisters or aunties that get them into the game, or they see a Tammy Beaumont on BBC scoring a 50 or Alice Capsi getting, you know, the youngest 50 scored by a woman at Lords, whatever that stupid stat was when she was 16. You know, we're hopeful that there's now going to be some female influence on the younger generations because of that visibility that is creeping into our game now. So my story is probably not unique, um, but hopefully the ones that are coming through now, it will change a little bit, change the, the dynamic of how it all works?
2: I think, I mean, I well, I was going to say, I think it's an inevitability. I hope, I, I hope it is. I think because on that, on, on that front, it's been so good for the game this year. What in terms of like, say the England men and England women's teams, do you think they could do more, well, essentially more training together? Um, so, I, for instance, you know, you could help Mark on his, on his batting, for instance, because <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think you've got the chance and you've had the opportunity to raise your bat this summer slightly more often than, Mark and I think you could just do I don't know if it's a confidence and an Audi i5 yeah
3: yeah well well. I tell you what Woody you, tell, you teach me how to bowl 95 miles an hour and I'll teach you my ramp shot how's that
1: <laughs> got it that's a deal that's deal. a deal got it
3: in all seriousness though like these boys are so busy playing cricket like you are tour to tour to tour aren't you really you get very little time at home
2: filling a lot of bottles of water and so forth it's you know <laughs> hours, hours out of the day
3: <laughs> yeah Um, (laughs) but that's what the 100 did generate a lot of that because the two teams the men and the women's teams were like centralised at a cricket ground and training was like following on from each other so Finny came and did some bowling with me Carlos Brathwaite came and did a bit of hitting with some of the girls you know there was always the opportunity to dip in and out whereas with the the England teams our schedules are probably so different and so like if we're in Pakistan the boys are in Australia so it's just completely you know it probably wouldn't work but I think there's definitely an element of there should be more of that. Mm. Even if it's 10, 15 minutes, it'd be like invaluable to have a chat with Woody about how he bowls in different conditions and with the red ball, with the white ball, that kind of thing. We
1: sometimes do cross paths on like um like if we're doing appearances together and stuff like because I know Crossy did one with Wooksy and she actually beat wooksy on a uh, so like a target practice.
3: He um, does he talk about that? Because he still owes me those two coffees.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I bring,
3: think it, up, it's bring it up with him mate. today i'll
1: have to
2: i'll have to <laughs> watching a lot of the women's ODIs. It's, it's, it's a sort of there's a different style of cricket and where you've got this thing where the men's game a lot of just sort of there's a bit less timing in it i think from a batting point of view where you're you're unlikely if you're one of the sort of men's batters that scores at whatever 140 strike rate or whatever a lot of that will be just sort of weird stuff, spooning it in odd directions or whatever. And watching the women's game, there's so, much, there's, there's so much more sort of rhythm and timing to it. So watching the way, you know, someone like Tammy muscles it and whatever, Tammy, listen to me. I've never met her. <laughs> or, you know, but um, Lauren Winfield-Taylor or whatever, goes out and opens and plays loads of sort of classical shots and scores at a beautiful rate.
3: Yeah, I think that's that's something that I've kind of always said to people who don't watch women's cricket is... We're naturally not going to hit the ball as far as the guys. We're naturally not going to bowl as quick as the guys. So the game is quite different. We have to be smarter, I guess, with how we play cricket because we can't. We literally can't blow people out of the water. We don't have the pace or the power to do that. Don't get me wrong. I think it's getting there in the women's game. I think there's probably a bit. Is elegance the right word? I don't know. Touch timing. There's probably a bit more of that. Um, but yeah, exactly what you said, Miles. It's. It's. Be, I think because that strength isn't naturally there. So we have to find a different way of playing the game.
2: So like Danny, Danny Wyatt, I mean, she, you know, she smacks big 6 is isn't she? And Tammy, Tammy Beaumont, I must call her, I must remember that I'm a member <laughs> of the public. And, no, call but, her Tammy. Well, ta- Tammy, Well, mate Tammy, she, you know, <laughs> she does loft, loft it, doesn't she, and wax it back over. There is, there is that style of play in there, but I think it's, I think there seems to be a little bit more diversity in styles in the women's game than there is in the, in the men's game at the moment. I mean, we're, you know where where are the Neil Fair brothers of tomorrow mark Wood? that's what I want to know.
1: <laughs> no, I think look, I think it's a great point and like I would say the women a lot more I would say finesse than probably the men and it it times especially if you look at 2020 but the test matches and, and things are very similar. The only the only question I would have for Kate is sort of like the preparation kind of things. So from when we've been here our training's been slightly different. And I was just wonder if the women do that going into tournaments or if you have like a bit of a break. So we've done more scenario-based stuff. We did it sort of the start of the training camp Um in man, And now that we're into it, you know, lads can do it if they want. Not something that we've really done before. We've done like things like where we'll have like an open net session and stuff, but never where to be so specific to, right, this is your plan. You turn up, we're not doing any sort of batting a ball and we're just doing this. And actually it puts you under pressure and it's sort of, Then when it's been coming to the games, when we chat about it after, lads know what each other's doing and um, what their thought process is. So everybody's on the sort of same page. I just wondered if you'd had done that as well. It was fairly new to us, but it seems to be working well.
3: Yeah, I'm a massive believer as well in whatever gives your players confidence. Get it done. Because if in that situation you're defending a six and it's the World Cup final and you've done that four times in training against... Besto or whoever that is, and you've got the confidence to know you can execute that. Then I think, again, I think that's invaluable. um But there's so it's it's. Everyone always asks me, "How do you like recreate pressure in training?" And I'd say that's the most difficult thing to do, isn't it? There's there's nothing that can replicate going out and playing a game in front of twenty thousand people.
1: Well, that's the thing. If you when you're in training, it's almost like if someone said, "Or oh, you know, hit your yoga," you might hit it like you know, four, five, six times out a six. Then it comes to the game, and you miss it, and you're like, "Oh, well, I'm trailing." But it's just the pressure element with uh, with regards to the Ashes with you there. Do you have the same rivalry with the girls in terms of because you play a lot, like big bashes, and you play together in England? Is that that same rivalry as what is perceived with the men?
3: Probably less hostile. Um, you know, I don't think we're quite as brutal as you guys can be against each other. Um, but I do think that will probably creep into our game a little bit more with you know, like the crowds going up. Because we've never really had the, the fan interaction either. Like you've got the Barmy Army going at the Aussie fans and stuff. So that we don't really quite have that in our game yet. Um, but it, there is massive rivalry there. That's our biggest, you know, biggest tournament that we can play in other than a, a World Cup. Um, and it's the hardest thing that we play in as well. And that was, um it started the multi-format series. So we only ever had one test match and that defined our ashes. And we never played test match cricket. So every two years, you'd rock up, play a four-day game. No one knew how to play four-day cricket. you pick the red ball up for the first time. And that was our Ashes. So they changed it to incorporate everything. So, you know, best team literally does win. Um, so you've got the 3-1 one-day as the Test match, and the three T20s. So it's like a point system. So I think that's brilliant because it incorporates the, probably where the women's game is at its strongest at the minute with white ball cricket. Um, but I want to play more Test matches. I'm so jealous of the fact that you guys go and play five, five months <laughs> well it depends how it's
2: it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can I Can I ask a question then to, to to both same question to both of you like on especially the blind date format um, but the with the train regards to training then do you like to do it so that you you've got all your training done so that when it gets to sort of crunch time and you're in the dressing room before are you thinking right so in training I did this 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 I need to remember that 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 and that and that and that and then I'm sorted? Or do you like to train to the point where all of that is just becomes innate and instinctive? And you think, oh, I've done the training, so I can now park that, and all I'm doing is walking out there and playing. Uh, question uh, first to Kate.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a massive feeler. Pardon? <laughs> yeah. In cricket, <laughs> uh, let me specify, in cricket, I'm a big feeler. Um, so I just like my action to feel really good, feel really strong. So before games... I have like a set little routine. I could bowl 100 balls. I could bowl six balls. But as long as my action feels good and strong and I'm happy with the ground that we're playing at and like the ends and how different the slopes are, whatever, um, I'm pretty content because I'll have done all my skills work prior. Um, but also there's an element of cricket can just not go your way some days. You can practice and practice and nail your Yorkers and nail your bouncers and your slow balls. And just for some reason one day it just won't go well. And I think you've got to have an acceptance of that as well.
2: And in those moments, can you dip into, can you suddenly stop and think, right, what, what did we do that day or whatever? And just can kind I of put myself back in the mind? Mentally back where I was that day at Loughborough or whatever, three months ago or whatever. Is that helpful strategy?
3: Yeah, I think that's probably me when I'm at my worst actually. I mean, every bowler will tell you they'll have maybe three or four days in the career where it just clicks. Everything feels good. You're not thinking about anything, you're running in, it's going where you want it to go. Well, this is certainly me anyway. I don't know, what do you might have this every day? Um no, I agree, agree. But you you then have like, well, I have little cues. If I know that, say, I'm bowling a little bit too wide of off stump, I know that my action's falling away. So I know I need to stay stronger at the crease, stay taller, and then I'll start hitting my length and be bowling straighter. So you have little things that get you back to you being at your best.
2: And uh, same same question to our lovely number two. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah, uh, I I agree with Crossy. Actually, I think... um... I think when you're in the moment of the of the battle, you're in the battle. Um, so actually, you revert back to your training. It isn't like you're going out there thinking, right, I'm going to bowl six yorkers. I'm, you know, it might be just before the game, you might bowl a few slow balls. You try to hit the top of the stumps. You bowl a couple of yorkers just to get the feel off your fingers. But actually, all the work that you've done is in the lead ups when you're going out there, it's just you're in the battle, and then when the pressure comes on, you'll revert to one of those skills in your mind. You might be structuring an over of how you want it to go. But in 2020, it never happens like that. So you could bowl up the perfect ball at the top of off stump, and the lad whacks it over your head or he carts you through the offside. And then you're like, well, right, maybe I might have to think differently. Or, you know, do I try the double bluff and try the same thing again? So there's more elements to the game than just, um, right, I'm just going to, you know, I've done my york as a training. So I'm just going to bowl york as, like, if, if people are listening, them, like, in terms of practice, you don't have to be so rigid where you just go to practice and you bowl a day of york as, or, you know, a day of whatever. But having that in the bank will help if you if you turn up on a Saturday and you think, that's what I need to dip into. Uh, now, is it time
2: for Woody's over? Uh, I
1: think so. I think so. Do you know about this case? No, I don't. I'm nervous. So, we've got questions. You don't have to... I just don't want you to think about it. I just want you to say the first thing that comes to your mind is, what, about seven or eight questions, and you're just going to say the first thing. We've got 90 seconds of my stopwatch?
2: Yeah, yeah. I've got the old uh, what's left of my around. I, I think it's more than seven or eight questions, Mark. I don't think this is a strong enough briefing. <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon there could be as many as 12. But of course, when the clock runs out, the clock runs out. So yeah, don't, don't, don't think, just speak.
1: Okay, okay. So, Kate Cross, are you ready? I am ready. Mark, we two over. Let's go. Make of your first cricket bat. P.S. Most random celebrity in your phone.
3: Oh, God. Random? I've got Virat's number. Does that count? Oh,
1: well, that's definitely up there. That's a massive one. <laughs> Favourite sandwich filling?
3: Chicken teriyaki from Subway.
1: Nice. Your club needs you. Will you score or umpire?
3: Score any day of the week and I will do it so, so well.
1: (laughs) Name a song that's been stuck in your head recently.
3: Oh, I had a really bad one in my head the other day. Um, It was a kid. Oh, the Sesame Street theme tune was in my head all day yesterday.
1: Sunny days.
3: Yeah. Miles,
1: please, we're in the middle of a swore Mike Gatton is coming to dinner. What will you cook to impress him?
3: I reckon I could cook anything for him and he would love it, but I'll cook him a Sunday roast.
1: Nice. Knocky nine doors, knock, knock, ginger, or knock and run?
3: Knock a door run.
1: Oh, different. If you're about to be a footballer and you're about to kick the ball at the stumps, whose name would you shout?
3: Ronaldo, because he's in the press all the time.
1: Top draw. And finally, you come out of back, what guard are you asking for the umpire? <laughs> Middle please? Yes, and nailed that last time. You should get that. You little please, up a bang!
2: Almost no one. Almost no one ever says it. There was a uh, yeah, centre,
3: probably.
1: <laughs> but the barest of all margins, kick cross, bang, nailed it. I mean, the thing that the thing that I enjoyed the most in that was. I'll score any day of the week.
3: I was really anal about it, and I was that person who had all the coloured pens, and I had a little, um, like, folder, a see-through folder, so that the boys, when they're eating chicken wings at half-time, wouldn't mess my book up. <laughs> I was so OCD with it. <laughs> <laughs> when they wanted to check the figures, I was, like, holding it for them so they couldn't mess it up.
1: <laughs> That's well, class, that. What's that brand? You said P- P.S.?
3: P.S., Peak Sport. You'll have heard of that mm. one, Woody.
1: Yeah, I remember that one, yeah.
3: Old school, Northwest like brand that everyone had yeah
1: a lot of the Lanx yeah a lot of the Lanx players had
2: them it
3: was my brother's my brother's old bat and he chopped the handle for me
1: very good you've
2: you answered a lot of questions in that time I'm sorry for, I'm sorry Mark and you were right to pull me up on my appalling but it's not the first time I've suddenly started seeing the Sesame Street theme, theme tune yeah up. but still oh. a
1: black doesn't come in in the middle of like the should start shutting things up. <laughs> you just spoil it there
2: um, Kate, it is absolutely brilliant to uh, have you on Middle Please umpire. I've watched so much of you this summer and enjoyed it enormously. Um, thank you, very much. you. Have fun out in Dubai. Are you commentating there?
3: No, I'm. Um, I'm being a. You're in you Keaton on holiday. Uh, could say that. We're doing a bit of corporate work with our sponsors, so I'm actually going home tomorrow. Back to Loughborough.
2: Have a have a have a have a delightful journey. Delightful journey. Thank thank you so you. much for joining us, Kate. It's lovely to meet you in whatever this. No,
3: thanks for having me, guys. Thank
2: right, you, crossy Oh, that was fantastic! Yeah, I love watching her, and I—I really mean what I say. I just love the way she plays. With I don't know, she just looks so happy out there. They all do. Fantastic. Not like you, Grumpy,
1: lot. <laughs> no, I think the yeah, she's had as well. Like because I know that she's had up and downs that career, like myself. She's been fantastic this year. Um, very skillful. Nips them both ways. If you watch, like, you know how they can do things on Sky and stuff where they'll do like in-depth stuff? With it. If you watch how skillful she is, actually, is with the ball. Um, she, she never misses a length. N- nips them in, swings them away, nips them away. So she's got good skills on her as well. So it's not just like this has just happened by accident. She's put in a good year because she's got the skills to back it up. I wish I'd had time to ask
2: coaches about captaincy as well, because that's you know quite the, just the unusualness, I suppose, in this in this day and age of the uh, uh, team being led by a bowler.
1: Well, maybe the responsibility thing has helped. Our, has helped. Our, you know, cricket as well. You can presumably ask Kelly's
2: questions at some sort of crisp function that you'll both be
1: attending. <laughs> I think um I was a little bit worried actually with the, the old crisp questions with t- Tyrrells. I was thinking, well, I didn't actually get to wear the Tyrrell shirt.
2: You know, a man a man's reach must exceed his grasp,
1: but what's a heaven for, in the words. Of... I'm I'm giving them a disservice. These days will come.
2: <laughs> um brilliant. Well, thanks very much indeed for listening to this episode of Middle Please Umpire. Uh, as ever, please send uh, your stories or um, remarks, however tangential, to the um, to the email address that you will be given by a um, former international cricketer. But for now, it's a goodbye from me. And it's
1: a goodbye from me.
0: All oh, should
2: be taken, and it's taken. Brilliant from Mark Wood. What a spell this has been.
0: For all the latest cricket betting markets, in play odds and promotions, visit Williamhill.com or download the free app. 18 Plus. Please gamble responsibly. William Hill, it's who you play with. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Uh, Ah.